He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Abbe, very dear faithful, today is our fifth and final sermon in our series on the last things. Our last subject today is threefold. The second coming of Christ, the resurrection of the body, and the general judgment. First, the second coming of Christ. In the Apostles' Creed we say, From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. In the Nicene Creed at Mass we say, He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and of his kingdom will have no end. Now, when will he come? Our Lord says for his second coming that he will be like a thief who comes in the night. Be you then also ready, for at what hour you think not, the Son of Man will come. Our Lord also uses the parable of the virgins who were awaiting the bridegroom who came in the middle of the night and only the wise virgins with the oil of grace were let in. Watch ye therefore, he said, because you know not the day nor the hour. Of the day and the hour of Christ's second coming, it is a secret only to God, as neither the angels and nor the devils know. Even the apostles, who were made our Lord's most cognizant, cognizant of his secrets, Christ said that he would not reveal to them the time of his coming. But we are furnished from Holy Scripture with several signs that must precede his second coming. The preaching of the gospel to the entire earth, the return of Elias to reestablish the tribes of Israel and the conversion of the Jews, the apostasy of nations being seduced by false prophets, the coming and reign of the Antichrist, and the abomination of desolation in the holy place. Our Lord also speaks of severe tribulations, persecutions, and catastrophes of natural disasters. We may note that as purgatory will cease at the second coming of Christ, and no purification for sins would be further possible, it is held by Catholic theologians that these disasters and persecutions of the end times will render the elect perfectly just and pure to enter heaven. Now moving on to our second point. It is by divine Catholic faith that we hold that all men and that all men will have their body resurrected on the last day. In the Apostles' Creed we recite, I believe in the resurrection of the body. The whole man, body and soul, will share in either the rewards for the person's good actions, or they will share in its punishments for their evil actions. Though the soul is the source of our actions because of our intellect and will, our body shares in its merits and its demerits. Without our body, our beatitude would be incomplete. Christ, who rose from the dead conquering death, will never die again, and so as he is our model for our own resurrection, we will rise again and never die. Now the question is, will all die? 
As death is a punishment of original sin, all must die like Adam in Christ. You are dust, and unto dust you shall return, our Lord says in Genesis. Death is the just punishment for sin, which we all have contracted from Adam. We must die, and our bodies must dissolve in order for our bodies to be reconstructed and reconstituted on the day of the resurrection of our body. The body will then that we will receive will be our very own and the same body that we had in this life. Whether we die in childhood or old age, each will receive the body of young adulthood that he has that has received the perfection of its development and its size. Now when will the resurrection of the body take place? It will then be at our Lord's second coming that all bodies will be miraculously and immediately resurrected. St. Thomas Aquinas notes that as Christ's coming will be in the night, also the, and as the, as just, also the just as his resurrection will be at night, which foreshadowed our own, and that our bodies must be present at the final judgment. Therefore, the resurrection of the body will be at night. The resurrection of the body will be an instantaneous and miraculous event which is caused by the resurrection of Christ, who is the image and model of our own resurrection. The resurrection of our bodies will be done by divine power, but he will also use St. Michael, who as the guardian of the church and also our own guardian angels to help reconstitute our bodies from the dirt. All will be resurrected at the same time the elect and the damned. Will all be resurrected? Yes, both the elect and the damned will have their bodies resurrected. The bodies of the elect, elect will be resurrected to, for their perfect beatitude, and the bodies of the damned will be resurrected for their just eternal punishment and hell. And now we close with our final topic, that of the general judgment. Last week, we looked at the particular judgment in which each individual is judged immediately after their death and in which they are judged as an individual. Now, in the universal or final or general judgment, as it's often called, God pronounces judgment on the acts of all mankind, no longer as individuals, but insofar as their actions had an influence on the whole of human society. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, our Lord affirms, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will render to every man according to his works. In the Gospel of St. Mark, our Lord says, For he that shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he shall come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. In the St. Athanasius Creed we read, He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming all men have to arise again with their bodies and will render an account of their own deeds. And those who have done good will go into life everlasting, but those who have done evil into eternal fire. Though there are many other texts of councils affirming the general judgment at the end of time, 
we will let these suffice. St. Thomas says that the final judgment is fitting for three reasons. First, the final judgment manifests the justice of God's divine providence for all to see. The final judgment will realize in the world the moral order that God had wanted in the beginning, but which the anomalies of sin had since obscured. It will reveal to the eyes of all the justice of the divine sentence, which will admit to the kingdom of heaven the elect, and which will separate the damned from heaven. Secondly, the final judgment will restore the divine majesty of Christ. Christ was judged unjustly and condemned to death by men, but this time he will appear in all his divine majesty. Then he will execute the sentence with justice, not with vengeance, showing the infinite degree of perfection of justice that is his. St. Paul affirms that Christ will be exalted and that it is in the name of Christ that all knees bend in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And thirdly, St. Thomas says that the final judgment has for object to restore glory to the elect who were abundantly injured and persecuted during their life on earth. We read in the Book of Wisdom, Then shall the just stand with great constancy against those that have afflicted them and taken away their labors. These, seeing it, shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the suddenness of their unexpected salvation, saying within themselves, repenting and groaning for anguish in spirit. These are they whom we had sometime in derision and for a parable of reproach. We fools esteem their life madness and their end without honor. Behold how they are numbered among the children of God, and their lot is among the saints. The final judgment is to reveal to the, alls, to the eyes of all the justice of the divine sentence, which will admit to the kingdom of heaven the elect, and which will separate the damned and those that are excluded. The Catechism of the Council of Trent states that there are several reasons to wait until the end of time for this general judgment. First, in this life, we influence many other people by our actions, and these actions continue on after our death. Our family, neighbors, friends, acquaintances, and strangers may imitate our good conduct or be scandalized and follow our bad conduct. These people affected by our actions can then affect others until the end of time. Some of our actions will have consequences long after our death, and the general judgment will be to reestablish justice for each of these actions. Justice requires that a thorough sentence be given for all of these consequences that we ourselves had caused. Only at the end of time can such a pronouncement be made. Secondly, often the vicious are praised by men and the virtuous are misrepresented in this life. Often the sinners abound in wealth and flourish in honors, while the virtuous suffer from slander, detraction, and similar evils. His justice will even penetrate our reputations, which rarely are conformed to our merits. 
Justice requires that each individual be properly esteemed by the whole human race according to their merits. This can only be done with a general judgment in which all are present. And thirdly, the Catechism of the Council of Trent says that we perform good and evil actions in this life with our body. As our body was not present at the particular judgment, then it ought to be present to receive the rewards or punishments that it is due, which can only happen after the resurrection of the body. And who will be this judge at the general judgment? Because of original sin, which excludes all men from heaven, unless they participate in the blessings of the redemption worked by Christ, it is fitting that he be the judge in his humanity that worked our salvation. As the creator of the universe was unjustly judged and condemned to death by men, he is to be the judge both as creator and also as redeemer. How will we be judged? First, there will be a discussion of merits. If the elect were totally at the divine service without a mixture of sin, then they will not be judged, but simply saved. But if there is a mixture of good and evil, though they preferred nothing to Christ, but with a mixture of good and evil, then they will be both judged and saved. The evil will be both judged and condemned. And secondly, at this judgment, a sentence will be pronounced, and it will be passed in either reward of their good actions or punishment for their evil. This sentence will be eternal, sending the elect to their eternal beatitude in heaven, or it will send the damned to hell for their eternal punishment therein. Let your loins be girt and lamps burning in your hands, and you yourselves like to men who wait for their Lord when he shall return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. My dear faithful, one day or later, our time on earth will come to a close, and we will have to give an account of our life, not only simply as individuals, but also as members of human society. Let us make use of the days that we still have to put ourselves more faithfully in the service of Christ. Let us prepare now for this judgment. As our actions can have good or bad effects long after our death, for which we will be judged, let us strive to further establish the kingdom of God on earth in the souls that we meet. Like the wise virgins, let us store up for ourselves treasure in heaven, so that when the bridegroom of our souls may come, he will recognize us and find us vigilant and ready. Like the saints before us, let us pray that we too will persevere in keeping the faith and faithfully serving our Lord. Let us watch and pray, confident in God's protection and divine providence, no matter what may be in store for us. Let our love of God flow and be expressed also in the love of neighbor, remembering our Lord's words to those on his right hand. Come, ye blessed of my Father, possess you the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen, I say to you, as long as you did it to one of these least brethren, you did it to me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.